0: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Dubai Stars. For today, I don't know if I really need to introduce my guest. It's Farooq <laughs> Sayyid, one of the biggest YouTubers in Dubai, uh, founder and CEO of Springfield Real Estate.
1: Thank you for having me, Anthony. Uh, and uh, I appreciate this opportunity to be on your... On your YouTube channel as well. Finally, thank you so much. Thank you for being
0: here. It has been a long you. We've been preparing for this for a few months. We've been discussing this over the last
1: three, four months three now. Four months, we finally are, I've got Anthony free actually for this. So thank you and for so having because us.
0: Because of COVID, the restrictions and stuff, we couldn't do it. But yeah. Alhamdulillah, you're here. For the first question, was which I ask every guest on the show why Dubai? How did you come to Dubai? And how did everything start? <laughs>
1: Uh, so well for me, it was a very natural selection, uh, Dubai. I came here when I was a couple of months old. So it really wasn't my choice. Uh, my father used to work in Libya, that's where I was born. And when I was a few months old, my dad uh, transferred his work to Dubai. And uh, that's how Dubai came into being. And, I, and, and we, our whole family moved here. And uh, yeah, I mean, luckily the city has been growing in the way that it has been. So there was never another option that I even ever thought about other than Dubai. You know, when we moved here, did my schooling here, did my university here, went out uh, to actually the States for a couple of years to do my MBA. And as soon as the MBA was over, I was on the next flight back in Dubai and uh, started hustling since then.
0: And why why did you pick the real estate?
1: So once again, uh, real estate has been in our family for a very long time. Uh, My dad started actually in real estate and real estate investment, not really on the brokerage side, but more as an investor in the early 2000s when Dubai's real estate market was coming up. So actually my dad was one of the first people on the lines of EMAR's launches of springs and Arabian ranches and back in the day greens. Um, So that's when we started really getting into real estate. And then as a family in 2008, we formed Springfield. Um, This was still when I was quite young. I was only 18 years old when we started Springfield and uh, yeah that's it you know as a family we decided you know we're really we were helping a lot of uh, family and friends invest their money and then we decided you know what Uh, let's formalize this and uh, we started Springfield Properties more like an investment company rather than a brokerage company so basically from 2008 up until 2012 which was some of the worst years years of of the the real estate estate investment we were actually uh, stuck and uh, we actually had a lot of our investors and our more like family and friends whose money we had invested in real estate and uh, really trying to get sorted through some issues in 2010-11 and then obviously in 2011 onwards the market started picking up again. So a lot of those investments actually turned out okay and uh, recovered a lot of people's money and everything. And then in 2012 is the year that I actually came back from the States uh, after pursuing my MBA, completing my MBA. And then 2012 we basically started this brokerage side of the business. And we started hiring brokers and, you know, started doing deals as more of a brokerage firm rather than an investment company. So that's the story, you know, 2012, uh, 2013 is when we really started, kick-started and started really going into brokerage full full force. And Alhamdulillah, you know, things have been doing well. Dubai as a city has been going... Well, as an it? We know, we know, we're doing great. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. And Alhamdulillah, yeah, real estate has been... Rewarding both financially and uh, is something that I have a big passion for as well And luckily Dubai turned out to be a great choice for the real estate industry and for our own company as well So there's really never been looking back
0: Your family is a family business. Uh, We see you a lot you and your brothers. That's
1: right
0: Tell me how do you divide the responsibilities?
1: Each (laughs) one is in
0: charge of something. And how do you guys cope up as a family? Because uh, when you work as a family, it's either amazing or it's (laughs) nerve-wracking. So tell me more about this experience. No, Alhamdulillah.
1: It's it's, it's been really, really good with my younger brothers as well. So I obviously entered the business in 2012. Then my younger brothers came in a little later. Uh, Luckily, we have the age gap between us. Uh, My second brother was Usman. He is about... Uh, four years younger than me. So he joined the business four years after. My youngest brother joined the business just three years ago, three, four years ago. So obviously we have that. uh, We've divided the responsibilities in some some ways. I'm obviously the CEO of the company managing the day-to-day activities. Uh, My younger brother, Osman, he really, luckily actually, to be honest, we all love real estate you know, as a whole family, we're lucky that, you know, even the younger brothers, they really had a passion because very often I see in families that the younger generation, they don't always want to go into the family business. So luckily Dubai and real estate has been such a nice industry to be a part of both financially and even, it's something that we really, we all really enjoy as it well.
0: inspired them was the nice cars and the <laughs> Exactly, and the and lifestyle. I mean, there's know, a lot of, also, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they obviously, uh, I'm lucky enough and we're lucky enough as a family that they also obviously enjoy this industry a lot. And, uh, Abdullah now, who is the youngest brother, actually manages our Ready team. So he's always been spearheading um, downtown and as an area. He's developed his team of Ready agents. Uh, Usman has always been into the more high-end luxury. He loves working with his own clients. He's not really been much of uh, a yeah he's, he's he's more selective on the clients he works he has some of the best network of clients as well so he's been more involved in that and obviously taking care of the operational side of the company so sman is very good with his marketing skills and stuff so he takes care of a lot of our marketing work i obviously manage uh, a lot of our brokers but me and sman who's the second uh, brother we both of us we manage the team take care of whatever the new launches are coming up the Uh, developer stock that we're selling we obviously manage most of that and uh, he's more into client management side I'm more on the operational side and my youngest brother he's spearheading the ready property section in our company so we do have different roles but we all obviously sit together on a daily basis to discuss what's happening, what to do, how to divide the tasks. And luckily, the age gap really gives me that, uh, gives us that edge that we don't have much arguments, luckily, since they all have to listen to the elder brother. <laughs> we come from a very <laughs> traditional family where the elder brother... Very <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I, I, I absolutely love my brothers and we have a very healthy relationship and that's the only way you can survive in business.
0: So from 2012 until date, it's almost 10 years. And I'm sure you had a massive roller coaster <laughs> up and down. And we see you grow your company now. and You have more than 100 uh, agents and property management handling the country. So tell me, what was the most challenges that you faced
1: when you wanted to grow the company? So in the beginning, I think the biggest challenge that I had was identifying the right people and to you know, diversify the tasks or to, you know, give everyone their own tasks and stuff. So I think that was a bit of a challenge in the beginning. I was trying to do it all in the beginning. Exactly. But then obviously as time went and I realized that, you know, we have some very, very good uh, people on our team. And uh, after we, you know, empowered them to make the right decisions and to, you know, to manage their own teams as well. uh, Really, I think that's when our company really started seeing uh, the massive growth that we had over the last four or five years. Um, But in the beginning, I think that was one of the main challenges and trying to be everywhere at once. So actually learning the managerial style or the organizational structure and managing key people's relationship, because obviously you understand the, the best of your agents require or demand the most from the company and demand the most from yourself as well. So I think managing those key people and empowering them and rewarding them and making sure that they're there because of the company culture and actually building the culture also within the company is the biggest key because in real estate, you understand a lot of people always say that uh, agents are you know, coming through a revolving door. You know, yes, there are some agents that will come and leave the company as well. I mean, we've had that as well, but actually the biggest, I, I, the biggest success thing in you know, managing a real estate company is to be able to retain the key people. So loyalty doesn't come easy, as you know. Getting the right people on the job, making sure that they stick around, making sure that they're empowered enough, and that they're, you know, there and getting more right people onto the jobs as well, like hiring more agents. So in the beginning, getting those people was a little bit tough, but I think once we did and once we were successful enough to getting the right people on the job, I think then the growth, we saw the growth right after that. I think that has been one of the biggest blessings for me is to finding the right people and to build a good company culture. I think that's the biggest uh, thing in managing a real estate company is that, you know, you need to have the right cultures that the new agents are able to come in, come on board in the company, they're obviously trained well, they're, you know, felt like they're a part of you know, a bigger uh, picture, you know, not just thrown in the corner because that's what happens in a lot of real estate companies. People, you just hire someone and you're just given a desk and a laptop and a phone, a database, call them, start calling (laughs) and they have (laughs) No training, they have no idea as to what they need to do. They have no vision, you know, what the company's vision is. They're not aligned to the company's vision as well. So in the beginning, you know, getting those people right on board, making sure that they're becoming a good part of the company and retaining them in the end. You know, I believe anyone uh, who you hire should not be in a position in three months and they say that we don't know what we're doing. You know, in the first few weeks, the trainings, the uh, the integration that they have within the company is a key for most real estate companies and uh, is what leads them to success. And
0: after you, sh- you said that, like, I just remember
1: now like I have been approached with tons of agents from all sorts
0: of companies, but I've never got someone from Springfield asking me if I'm hiring. So, <laughs> so <laughs>
1: that's a good example. for you.
0: Farooq, tell me, uh, first of all, congratulations on your new baby born. Thank you, thank you so much. And, uh, God bless him. that's the new crown prince, <laughs> <laughs> having the legacy. Uh, tell me, how did this affect your life? What was the positivity of you having a new baby?
1: Well, I mean, to be honest, in the beginning, um, you know, when I just got married newly to my wife, and you know, we were a bit sceptic about, you know, just having a baby. You know, I've been married for two and a half years. and My baby is four months now. So we were a bit like, ah, no, first two, three, four years, you have to enjoy life and. Uh, you know, travel the world and, you know, uh, enjoy, this is our younger years, you need to enjoy or make the most of life. And then COVID happened. <laughs> and we were stuck together for a few months in the same bedroom. Uh, we traveling
0: from the living area. the living
1: area to <laughs> within, within the house. Uh, but no, honestly, like, I mean, the baby really brings a lot of perspective into your life and really, uh, you know, makes you feel uh, grateful. I mean, this is the best gift. You know, I go home every day. I wait now to go home and look at my baby, you know, and just play with my baby. Like it's 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 something that changes your perspective on life. The fact that you brought another life. You know, I I remember a friend of mine. You know, he the day he gave a baby, uh, the day his wife gave birth, I was sitting with him and I was driving him from the hospital back, and I was asking him like, "Bro, how do you feel?" And I remember his words. He's like, Farouk, I've tried every drug in the world, but this." feels way better than all of them (laughs) and I was like okay that's a great way to describe this feeling and honestly I think you know I felt the same way the day I had my baby it was the happiest one of the happiest days of my life you know so it is something that really brings a lot of perspective into your life I'm a big believer that brings you very good luck you know people in my office they joke sir you had a baby and the market's been booming (laughs) they're like (laughs) every few years Dubai needs you to have a baby and make sure the market keeps moving Now's the time. Uh, but no, honestly, it brings a lot of perspective into your life. It brings uh, a lot of joy and happiness, something that you can't measure. And the kind of happiness that you feel after having a baby, Anthony, trust me, it's something that you've never felt before. No deal, no business success. <laughs> No, no, no! Success brings you that sort of happiness that a child yeah, brings to I'm still guilty
0: of the stage where I want to travel the world. I know and I know, I you know my stage. You and know I'm like trying to <laughs> avoid as much as possible. Uh, so that this uh, like uh, awaken the instinct of you of hunting as a man. Like I need to do way more what I'm doing today to provide for him.
1: No, hundred percent. You know, when I go home, I have to think about, you know, that I'm now responsible for another child. I'm responsible for another life. You know, things like even driving fast. You're just like, wait a second, you can't put yourself in that kind of risk. You know, I have a baby to take care of. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't want to do this. You know, I have to think a lot more seriously now about literally everything you're doing in life. Uh, so it really brings a lot more perspective. really makes you a lot more serious about work. I'm now planning, okay, 10 years from today, where will I be? I need to be providing for my baby. I need to be providing for my child. It's a villain. You know? Hills, there's a lot <laughs> economy, You know, <laughs> <laughs> He he <laughs> I mean
0: <laughs> uh, ten million dollars for the
1: Uh I mean I, even on work perspective, I think it brings a lot of uh responsibility. It makes I mean not that I wasn't responsible before, but it actually adds a lot more feeling of responsibility into your work and makes you a lot more serious, you know, that you need to do a lot more to provide for your family now before it's just you and your wife and now there's someone else so it's a different feeling and really it, it,
0: it, it pushes you I think amazing bless him and hopefully we we'll see another one <laughs> <not> the <laughs> not another we the to put a pause like a one.
1: Yeah. so so <laughs> after four months of going through a newborn baby there's a lot of challenges as well uh, but yeah I mean there's a lot of hard work that goes into having a baby as well so I think we're going to pause <laughs> a few years before we go on for the next one inshallah Tell me, uh,
0: during this uh, uh, nine or ten years uh, in the industry of real estate, uh, what was your most awkward moment?
1: The most awkward situation I've ever been to? Uh, Okay, now you bring me on the spot. So, (laughs) Most awkward situation I've ever been in? I mean, within real estate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. if it's within real estate, then let me think about the most awkward. I think one of the most awkward situations I've ever been is... uh, and I'm sure any real estate broker, I think, might have been through something like this. But uh, didn't. luckily didn't happen much to me before. But I remember going into a viewing once. And I was with a client. And I was showing a property, I think above a 10 million dirhams property. And uh, this client showed up who had done maybe, I think, 40 viewings with me. And he walks in with another agent. And I'm like, you! I do everyone walk into my listing after doing more than 40 viewings with me and promising me that I'm your exclusive agent. I think that was one of the most uh, awkwardest things that ever happened to me. And I think after that, I was like, wait a second, I can't be doing, you know, all of this kind of uh, working with these kind of clients. You know, I, I need to make sure that, you know, after a certain stage in my life, working in real estate for so many years selective <laughs> clients you know i can't be doing this with everyone so now after that i think it was a few years ago uh, i mean it's been quite a few years now but after that i realized i said wait a second i need to be choosing my own clients and luckily i'm at that stage in my life where i can now be a lot more selective with who i choose to work with and making sure that they're very exclusive rather than running into these awkward viewings where the same client shows up and like oh Andre, you're the guy who's showing this house." Uh, but yeah I think that's one of the most awkward situations that I've been in you know meeting a client at a viewing that I'm conducting or open house that I'm conducting and that client's been multiple viewings with me before Uh, are you the same guy that promised me I'm your exclusive broker (laughs) should have got something signed from you earlier Uh, but yeah, I think that's one of the most awkward situations that I've been in, in uh, within the real estate it's, sphere.
0: It's, it's an easy one. We had way worse ones. <laughs> uh, Faroo, I wanna congratulate you on um, your YouTube page. You just hit 100,000 subscribers. Thank you so much. In one year. Thank you. Thank you. Wow! Like really wow! Like I really admire that. Good on you.
1: Thank you, thank you so much.
0: Take me back, why did you start the social media? How did you get inspired? Uh, how was the first move? How was everything about social media?
1: Uh, see, I've always been active on Instagram since I think when Instagram came out <laughs> back in 2000. And I, don't, I don't know when it came out, 2010, 10, 11, 12, whenever it came out. Uh, I was very active within my social friends circle and stuff I was when Snapchat used to be the big thing before. I mean, it still is for a lot of people. Unfortunately, I'm not very active on Snapchat anymore. But when I was, I used to story a lot. Then when Instagram started the story function, I think I just ended my Snapchat social media account and I was all in on Instagram. Uh, I really didn't use it professionally at all um, up until I think maybe three years ago, two to three years ago. I realized that okay, wait a second. You know, this platform should be used for business rather than just you know making friends and you know just staying in touch with friends. You know, it's 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 great because people are spending most time on it. So I think three years ago I started just posting about real estate and just posting about every viewing I was on. It's very easy, you know, just picking up your phone and I'm like, hey guys, uh, today I'm at Blue Waters. You know, today I'm at uh, you know MR Sales Center. Today I'm at Nahil's launch. I started doing that, and then uh, obviously we. I think a year and a half ago is when uh, someone in my office marketing team, you know, the guy who actually started my, you know, pushed me a lot towards YouTube, is like, Sir, why don't you start making videos? But on put it on YouTube. I mean, you're still you're already doing it on Instagram. Why don't you put it on YouTube? And I was like, no, you know, YouTube. I don't understand it. Uh, you know, I really need to understand how to even make a channel. So I was lucky enough that I had some good marketing people in my office, and they said, you know what? Let's start recording something. I got inspired by a lot of obviously uh, the million-dollar listing show in the U.S. Uh, obviously, their stars are doing it on a f- phenomenal level. Um, Ryan Sarhant, Josh Allman, all of these guys are doing phenomenal stuff on YouTube and social media in general. So I said, you know, this trend is finally going to come to Dubai. So better get onto it fast, yeah. uh, you know, rather than, uh, you know, have that first mover advantage. So I think I sort of had that first mover advantage as well in the beginning because there was not a lot of people doing uh, real estate uh, showings and showing luxury property in Dubai or the luxury lifestyle. And Dubai is known for luxury lifestyle. So people around the world are searching for luxury and real estate in Dubai. So I think that was sort of the inspiring moment for me when, you know, someone in my office came up to me and said, you know, what, we can do this. It's not so hard, you know, pick up a camera, you talk, show a property, this is what you do every day. Anyways, you're promoting Dubai every day, just do it on a camera, just set up a camera and just show the house, you know, we'll record it. And I said, okay, let's do it. And I think the first vlog that we did was, actually it was a combination of two, three properties. It was just a day where I was going to, I remember address JBR. And I think I was going to the W Residences as well. I said, you know, today I'm checking out two really cool properties. Let's get a cameraman along. And we'd shot something and whatever it was, it was, I was like, okay, let's in, uh, do an intro and an outro and like a little bit of a body of a video. And that's it. We just uploaded that. And uh, luckily by that time I had some sort of a good Instagram following, which really gave that sort of initial boost on YouTube. And then uh, luckily after that, it was all organic growth, man, you know, um, some lucky collabs with some, uh, like how you mentioned, I did a video with more vlogs in the beginning, which really gave me a, a good push in the beginning, just to a thousand subscribers and above. But I think after that, was all organic, you know. Uh, I, I think the YouTube algorithm and just social media algorithm, you know this better than anyone else, is that you just got to keep putting out content. The more content you put, people are there to watch it. People want to learn. People uh, yeah, people consume it. And you need to be giving them something interesting as well. You know, what is your unique selling point? Our unique selling point is real estate showing real estate, showing Dubai, showing Dubai as a city in a positive light, showing the real estate industry, you know, and there's a lot of interesting stuff in real estate to show as well. So just putting it out there, you know, you need to have a unique selling point and once you've identified that and, you know, work on that, put it out there and people are going to consume uh, consume the content. So I think that's how it just sort of just started. And then the first video got really good applause within my circle of friends and family and, you know. And by the way, I had a lot of friends who were very negative about it as well. They're like, what is this? What are you trying to do, some wannabe stuff? You know, what are you trying to do? You know, what is this? You want to stand? Come on, man, this is, what is this? And I was like, no, you know, I want to do it. You know, there was a lot of negative criticism in the beginning. There was a good positive from people close to me, but there was a lot of negative criticism, criticism as well. But I think it's just about forgetting all the negativity focusing on the positivity and just keep going on I think, I think you're the of really person
0: me. who likes challenges yeah. and you want to prove it not only to everyone else but to yourself like I can take on any task and I can make it 100% I mean, yeah. it's, more <laughs> I <laughs> it's more about the uh, character it's more about
1: but it's uh, definitely what you're saying is 100% right and it's something I feel like you have to enjoy it you know, I always enjoyed being social, I always on social, I always enjoyed, obviously, real estate is something I, is my passion as well. So I think those two things need to get together as well. So whatever you're doing, I mean, if you're doing an exercise channel or a real estate channel or a cooking channel or, I mean, whatever your expertise is, if you're putting that out on social media to get business, it needs to be your passion as well. And you need to enjoy, obviously, being on social as well. Those thing, two things put together, I mean anyone can do it I'm I'm, I'm quite confident that if you just put your head down and you just keep working hard on it like anything in life you're going to get success you know success follows the hardest worker in the room so I think uh, hardest
0: slash smarter I'm 100% I mean for sure 100% Farooq no media diplomatic who's your favorite developer in Dubai
1: favorite developer (laughs) oh my god I have too many favorite developers I can't say
0: let me rephrase it let me rephrase it Like I know that you like a lot and there's a lot who's doing a phenomenal job when it comes to quality and handover timing. But there is always one place when you step in, you feel it's home.
1: To be honest, home for me is my office (laughs) because that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, But in terms of developers, like you rightly said, there's a lot of phenomenal developers in Dubai. Uh, Some of the ones that we're very active with, we're very active with a lot of smaller developers in Dubai how we were just discussing right now. But uh, some of the larger developers, obviously, Imar and Miras and DP, they've been our favorite developers. We know when I enter into an Imar office, it's like, you know, I. we know all the salespeople. You know, we've been working with a lot of them over many years. Uh, DP, the same. You know, we we're talking about the sales head recent uh, just right now, Marwan Al-Kindi. Like, I mean, he's a phenomenal guy. You know, uh, someone we've done a lot of work with as well. So, I think these two major developers are those that I feel most at ease with, but we're doing a lot of work with. Uh, a lot of the private developers as well and uh, there's a lot of them that are doing phenomenal jobs with in, in terms of the projects that they're doing and the quality and dubai has just become a lot more safer in terms of investment as well so a lot of the smaller developers actually are giving you very good value as well it's not like the old days where just the biggest names are the ones which you have to go for even the smaller developers some of them have a very good edge in certain areas like we were just discussing uh, <laughs> And they're competing very well. They're competing very well and they're more sort of boutique style. You know, there's other developers like, for example, Omniyat. They have a few superb projects. Um, Dorchester Collection. I mean, they're phenomenal in terms of quality, location, the kind of amenities. And I think Dubai is also stepping into a stage of luxury that it didn't exist in before. Some of these newer projects that are coming online, you know, they've taken luxury to a level that it competes with pretty much every international destination or international luxury destination that you can think of like la new york i mean the quality that we have in dubai is at par if not better than those places so a lot of those developers also make you feel more welcome sometimes because they're more boutique more smaller obviously they uh value relationships a lot more so yeah i think uh, a few of these developers, i can't pinpoint one developer but there's quite a few really great ones
0: <laughs> we've seen a crazy wave since november 2020 and uh, from January until date we are and first of June by the way we've seen over 27 billion dollars of investment pooling in the city in your opinion what was the reason and for how long it's gonna stay like
1: that so I mean obviously the market is literally on fire right now I mean I mean we were just discussing every developer is selling out every other launch uh, I think Dubai as a city has done phenomenally well in terms of advertising itself, uh, obviously with the pandemic, making sure that the cases stay low, uh, making sure that the vaccines are there and, you know, we are one of the highest in terms of percentage of population that has already been vaccinated and obviously keeping the case cases low. So I think all of that and Dubai uh, as a city, you know, as a larger country as well has been as, has done a phenomenal job in terms of marketing itself overseas, and with most of the countries that have closed down, literally everyone's pouring into Dubai. And I think since November, as you rightly said, the markets literally picked up. I've personally, we've both of us, I mean, we, we've seen a lot of super high net worth people move in into the city because of the kind of lifestyle that you can enjoy here. Things are open, restaurants are open, malls are open, there's no lockdown, cases counts are still low and I think this will continue this trend. I mean, till now, the other day I was sitting with one of the top management in uh, Dubai Holdings and he was telling me like, Faruk, you know, we are obviously coming up with new launches and you know, these launches are selling out and is it going to stay this way? He's like, Faruk, 100%. He's like, if not, this is going to go even crazier now because there's some major markets in Dubai which are closed like the market of India because of travelling restraints. Pakistan is right now closed. He's like, just wait for these places to open up. Once they open up, you'll see people pouring in in even bigger numbers because historically Dubai, India, Pakistan has been one of the largest markets for real estate buyers in Dubai, which is pretty much non-existent right now because of the travel restrictions. So I really think once the other markets like India and Pakistan open up, we'll see a further wave and in further increase in the prices in Dubai. And if you notice in the last few years, uh, 20, 2018, 2019, 2020, we didn't see that many projects being launched or mega projects being launched. We saw a lot of renaming and rebranding of current projects and re-releasing inventory, developers coming better up with plans. better payment plans, <laughs> different, shapes. different shapes and sizes. Uh, but we didn't see that much new uh, you know, properties coming in and we saw a lot of handovers in 19 and 20, which actually caused the market to soften up a little bit. But The fact of the situation is that we're not going to see a lot more handovers in 2021, 2022, and 2023. All the projects that have started launching towards the beginning of 2021, most of their handovers are for another three or four years. So in the next two, three years, you won't see as much new inventory coming into the market, which will cause a further demand for off-plan projects because there is no availability in the secondary market. Like in today's market, it's actually difficult for you to buy a house. If you ask me, for get me a great deal on Sidra or getting me a great deal on Maple, it's actually hard. I actually tell my clients, like, it's not easy to buy a house now because whatever is there, there's 10 buyers for it. You know, prices have been going up and people have been pouring in. You know, there's the other day I was sitting with a friend of mine who's in the shipping industry. He's like, Faru, which industries are doing well in Dubai, you know, besides real estate? And I'm like, you know, exactly your point. Because real estate is doing so well, people from different industries. And there were a lot of people in Dubai who had money that were sitting on the sidelines for a few years in the buys market because of the prices softening up a little bit. So they didn't really want to enter. Now, all of those people are entering into the market. They're all like, okay, no, wait. now we've seen the bottom. We've seen the bottom. The trend is upward. Let's get on to the trend. Still, we're still in the beginning. I mean, it's only been, like you said, November last year. So let's say seven, eight months since this upward trend has been going on. And I personally believe, this is my guess, that it will stay for the next few years. Obviously, no one knows what the future entails for us, but the way Dubai is going and the way Dubai is improving itself. Just the other day, we received this notice that a lot more companies in Dubai will not need, for example, a local sponsor. A lot of these new rules and new initiatives from the government—the ten-year visa, the golden visa rule—now passports becoming, you know, a thing that you know. i for someone like myself who's lived in Dubai all my life, and I have a lot of family from the U.S. and Canada and other European countries who always say, "Why do you guys live in Dubai? You know, why don't you come to the U.S.? Why don't you come to Canada? You know, you'll get so many facilities here. You'll get the passport. You'll get this." We've always been here for economic purposes, you know, for you know because of, we're doing well financially. So we stick to Dubai, but eventually there comes a time for everyone, you know, that they're like, okay, now I have a good amount of money, now I want to invest, now I want to have some rights, I'm growing older. So I think Dubai allowing those people and retaining those people, those mega rich or those high net worth individuals, you know, they've brought in these initiatives to actually retain those people in the country. So I think all of these new initiatives and all of these Dubai opening up further, you know, making it more comfortable, making it more easy to do business, to open up. A lot of the international companies didn't want to come to Dubai and get a local sponsor. And they didn't want to have, I mean, they didn't understand the idea that, okay, you run a real a business and you own only 49% of it, or you own 0%. I mean, in the case of real estate companies, we own 0% of our companies. Managers. You're managers, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, literally, we don't have anything. So, you know, it's, it's difficult for Overseas people to digest this sometime. I mean, we've been in Dubai for a while, so we understand that, you know, this is all perfectly fine. But, you know, with time, I think all of these excellent initiatives that the government is bringing into Dubai, it will further cause more and more international investors to come to Dubai. And I think this will increase the prices in Dubai further over the next few years. And if if you compare to Dubai, to most major cities around the world, we're still selling real estate at a discount, in my opinion you Know for having such a great infrastructure, such a great community of people. Such a, I mean, just it's 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 excellent in every term or, 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 or in every comparison to any major city around the world. Like, Dubai is excellent as a place to live, as a place to enjoy, as a place to visit, you know, as a place to work for business purposes. It's excellent. So, I mean, it's just about time where more and more people are going to learn about Dubai. I think the expo as well will bring more attention to the city as well. And I think Dubai's real estate market will continue to perform as long as more and more people want to come to Dubai.
0: And it's all due like the wise leadership and handling the crisis the way they handled it. It was handled like amazingly, perfectly done. Dubai was the only city and still one of the few cities open around the world for anyone to come. So... That was an amazing job for them. Farooq, fast forward 20 years from now, your son is watching this episode on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Which
1: message would you like to leave? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. But no, I, you know, hopefully if my son's going to be watching this in the next 20 years. Uh, I really want to tell him that, obviously, that uh, work hard in your life, you know, always be true to yourself. Uh, Family comes first before everything else. Uh, Money, business, all of this is secondary. First thing is happiness. And happiness comes from family, comes from good friends, comes from good relationships. And that's what you should invest more time into rather than just the pursuit for money and success. All of these things will follow. Be positive, be happy. You know, if you're positive and you're happy, you will attract all the success in the world. You will attract money, you will attract good relationships, having a solid foundation at home. It really, it'll boost you in life or in whatever career path he hopefully chooses and hopefully is real estate. <laughs> I'm really trying to push him towards real estate. You know, when the day he was born, I'm not kidding, the day he was born in the hospital, uh, it was a super emotional time for me and my wife. And I literally, you know, the first day I woke up, I picked him, I said, you know, Zara, Hamdan is gonna be the best, Guy in real estate, the best developer, agent, salesperson, whether he's going to be the biggest and the best. And I really, really hope he becomes, he goes into real estate after me. (laughs) And there's a very famous Indian movie uh, that actually talks about how bad it is. You know, that Indian and Pakistani parents, the day the child is born, they tell him, You're either going to be a doctor or an engineer. Those are the two choices. And my wife said, Far, you're not different. You know, you're telling your child that he has to go into real estate. (laughs) As I was like, no, no. I mean, I pray and I hope that it goes it too, but obviously he'll be free to choose whatever he wants to do in life professionally. But the one advice I would give him that is family and friends and positive relationships around you is a lot more important than business success and all of the other things are secondary. It's pursuit of happiness and for being a positive and a good person because when you leave this world, you want to remember people that say, yeah, you know what, Farouk or you know uh, Anthony, he's a nice guy more than everything else. Yeah, I mean, even you yourself, you're known for your successes within the real estate market, but at the end of the day, we want to have people remember us for the fact that we're nice people. And for being happy and being positive, you know, it exudes success sooner or later. So that's the piece of advice I'd like to give my son. So I think being positive and being happy in life, I think that's more important than just the pursuit for money and success. I think all of that follows you as long as you're being positive and you're being true to yourself and you're being good with your family and friends.
0: Wise world from the wise man. Guys, if you're looking for amazing deals in Dubai, feel free to reach me anytime, not work. I have better deals than
1: <laughs> For <sure>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for watching this episode. i see you, you in the so next one.
1: <laughs> I can't see anything right now.